Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Genes Into the Lab podcast. Friday's episode always featured around the NBA. I would like to welcome back Steve Reisner from Slightly Biased, our East Coast NBA analyst. Welcome back, Steve. How's everyone doing tonight? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Well, today's podcast will feature our regular three-round segment, starting with some big breaking news. Our 30 teams in five-week review, where we take a dive into five teams every Friday around the NBA before the season begins. After that, we will open the Mellow Book one more time and end the show with our home versus away segment. So lots to talk about on today's episode, but we start with some breaking news. Dwight Howard is going back to Hollywood. Shams just recently reported that Dwight Howard has been bought out and is going to the Lakers. Steve, first reaction. I knew it was coming, but I still can't believe I happened to be one of the first to call it last week on the same same podcast. I know we were we were just talking about what big men would be perfect for LA, and you said Dwight Howard, and and I didn't believe you for a partial bit because he didn't work out the first time. But there, he is signing with them, and and what does that mean for the Lakers now? I. We're going to have to see how Dwight plays out. I, he's a big man. He, get the ball back. Rebound the ball. Give, give it back to LeBron and Davis. That's it. That's all he's got to do. Go help, go help Anthony Davis with the rebound. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really good signing. I think it, it gives them a big presence down low. Um, I, I definitely give it a B-plus to an A-minus if it works out. And, and LeBron and likes – money? <laughs> Yeah, and, and non-guaranteed money. That's, that's absolutely correct. So so uh, he's going to be going to L.A. Um, LeBron likes these players that have these big personalities that have a huge upside. If, if, if anything, if nothing else, this will at least be a very entertaining locker room to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and to hear that LeBron was actually at some of those workouts, that just, that just shows that LeBron had to sign off on this signing and that him and Dwight had – a conversation and they're going to proceed forward very different LeBron and Kobe, but we'll see how Dwight takes an alpha like LeBron on this Lakers team and, and rolls forward. But I, I think it's a terrific signing for the Lakers. You know, and, and Dwight might just suck it up to get a ring. He might suck it up for the pursuit of a ring. That's what this guy's still going after. Now Dwight is not a, is not the all-star he used to be. He's not the, dominant center down low like he used to be. He hardly plays a pick and roll when asked to. And maybe he's different now. But does this change anything when you say, okay, Dwight Howard signs with the Lakers. When I think of them as the contenders in the West, does that change your ranking of the Lakers at all? I 
no, not really. Until I see what he's still got. You know, may, maybe he'll come up with something better than he's had in the most recent years. And yeah, hopefully I, he does, because I've actually always been a fan of Dwight Howard. I feel the exact same way. I, I don't put the Lakers any higher than I did before. I think it's a great signing. I think it, it deepens them. I think they needed it. But I don't say or the Lakers are the top contender now in the West. I don't think it moves the needle very much, if at all. No, no. It, that's definitely not me. All right. Well, good job calling that, Steve. And we'll start our round one segment, which is the 30 by 5. So 30 teams in five weeks. We want to hit all the teams that we can in the NBA before the season begins. And we start this week with five teams that everybody's pretty familiar with. One being the Houston Rockets, another being the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the San Antonio Spurs. So we'll jump right into the Houston Rockets, um, predicted to have the highest win total in the West right now, based off Vegas odds, and, and is considered to be a favorite, knowing that the Warriors have knocked them out three of the last four years from the playoffs. Let's start with Houston. and What's your outlook for the Houston Rockets for this season? Um, I'm hoping they can make a nice little run. I, I am a fan of both Hodden and Westbrook, and I love Clint Capella. I wish the Celtics had traded for him, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, it's, it's a good team. I think I, I said last week, second in the West to finish the season, maybe first. And, I don't know, maybe Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I have to. I have to say, I, I like the Rockets. I'm. I. I to tag your phrase. I am slightly biased towards the Rockets being in Texas. Um, and and I. I absolutely think this roster is stronger than last year. Um, I think the acquisition of Daniel House coming back, as well as um, Gerald Green signing back, and Austin Rivers. You add Russell Westbrook. You have two MVPs. To quote Daryl Morey, last time two MVPs are together, there's a championship ring and. And that's what they're going for in Houston. I have them. Oh, I have them as yeah. one of the top contenders. They are definitely top contenders. Westbrook wants a ring. Harden wants a ring, and they both need a ring to cement their legacies. They are two of two of the most special players I've seen. They need to go out there and get a ring to cement what they are. You know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely. And a lot of people complain that, well, there's not enough ball for both players to be able to be ball-dominant players and lead an offense like this. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Harden was the top dominant ball handler last year in the NBA. Chris Paul was fourth in the amount of dribbles. Russell Westbrook, 26. 26. So he doesn't always need the ball in his hands. Uh, apparently Paul George had the, had the ball a lot more up in Oklahoma City. And so in your opinion – is Clint Capella an upgrade for Westbrook over Stephen Adams? Well, that's a tough one. I, I would have to say probably not, but by a very small margin. Do I think Capella plays a different kind of defense? Yes, he's an agile big, whereas Stephen Adams is more of those pulverizing big. But Stephen Adams' offensive game is much, is much more finesse than Clint Capella's is. So uh, one or the other dominates either way. Clint is going to be a faster option and a speedier option down the court. So in terms of turnovers and, and, and creating points off of turnovers, Clint Capella is definitely an upgrade. 
Um, but in terms of offensive ability and if the guards are double teaming on the outside and you have to have Clint make a move down low against a big, I would take Steven Adams over Clint Capella. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that that's definitely a great outlook. And, and it takes us into our next team, which Steven Adams is a good segue, the Oklahoma City Thunder and what that outlook is for the season. And I'll start with the Thunder. Um, I'll be honest, I did one of those hot takes on a segment um, about a month ago and said after the Westbrook trade, I don't know if the Thunder won't be a bottom team looking to get into the lottery. I got a lot of heat for that. But I just look at this roster and you have Chris Paul, who is not going to be buying in. He's ready for that next move. He'll be looking to go somewhere like Miami or a buyout and go to L.A. And, and so he's not there for Oklahoma City. And so you look at the rest of this roster, very young, very unproven, lots of questions other than Steven Adams, not a lot of experience. And I wouldn't be surprised if come December, when they're looking to shop Chris Paul, maybe even Steven Adams himself too, that this team is not bottom five record, bottom six record. And I know it's going to catch a lot of heat, but uh, that's, that's my outlook on the Thunder. I was actually going to say that coming into doing this episode with you when I was breaking everything down, uh, doing my prep for this, is I don't know what direction the Thunder are headed in. And how many picks did they get out of that Paul George trade? I actually forgot to look up the numbers. But with all the picks they got, and Chris Paul, you said, he, you know, he's not really there. He wants to make that next move. But he's got to upgrade his stock. Because people aren't looking at Chris Paul like they used to. And he, he's going to want to go up there and prove himself. And that contract is going to be hard to move, like you said, unless you can do a buyout. So maybe Chris Paul will play a season there. And maybe with all these picks at the deadline, maybe somebody like Bradley Beal becomes available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you mean, and I mean? That, would, you... that, would be, that would be very interesting if Bradley Beal were to make that sign. But, again, if the direction for the Thunder is to tank as much as you can, hoping that you can flip picks later for Paul and, and use your own picks to get those high, those high – uh, marks, then maybe they are chasing that bottom that bottom three mark. Maybe they are trying to get into that lottery. I I for one wouldn't be surprised, and that that's what that's what I clearly wanted to get out there. And so one of my predictions is that the Thunder will have a podium seat with a double digit percentage, trying to get the next big star. Yeah, they're they're in a position to do either one. They just tank and try to go for it, make a signing. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean. Yeah, let's go east. Let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, and let's talk about um, Giannis and his Bucks taking a stab at becoming championship contenders and, and getting a ticket to the NBA Finals. What is your take on the Bucks? Uh, Bucks, top seed in the east. And my bold prediction is they're going to meet the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Seven games. I ain't going to call who wins yet. <laughs> well, we know you'd be slightly biased, though, if you did. If you did, you definitely <laughs> – I, I think you're definitely teetering on the Boston's edge there. Uh, now, what do you think about the Bucks roster? Now, the Bucks, the Bucks got deeper, and, and they had a terrific offseason. Um, what do you think of – first off, what do you think of the mega contract signed by uh, Chris Middleton? Do you agree with how much he got, or is that just fool's gold there? How, how much was it again exactly? Sorry. He got five years, one hundred and twenty-two million. <laughs> That's 
is uh, Chris Middleton is good. That's that's a little too much for, for Chris Middleton, in my opinion. One thing about Chris Middleton that drives me crazy is when I swear to God, when he plays the Celtics, he shoots like fucking Ray Allen. Yep, he definitely um, he definitely signed a mega deal, and that that and not to take away from the mega superstar deal, but Chris Middleton, I think, being a perennial All Star, um, he has proven his worth, and it came from A and M. I don't think he's worth a five year max contract. That's my personal opinion. I think he is loved. I think the small town love is what got him that contract. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. Another interesting part about the Bucks is that they have the Lopez brothers together. They bring in Kyle Korver. They got Wesley Matthews. All of a sudden, this team has a solid 10 to 12-man rotation. I say solid, not great, because a lot of these players have been a little past their prime or have suffered from injuries and are trying to make comebacks. And so you ask yourself, are the Bucks deep enough to make that run and beat a Western Conference team like the Clippers, the Rockets, or the Lakers? if they were to meet in the NBA Finals? I, I don't know about that. If they met the Clippers, I, they just, I don't think they could take the Clippers. The Rockets, that's a hell of an interesting series. Bucks Rockets in the mm-hmm. Finals, that's a hell of an interesting series. Um, the Lakers, yeah, I think they could probably take the Lakers. And, of course, because I'm slightly biased, I'd have to root for them to beat LA. <laughs> yeah. And actually I'm looking up the figures right now just to make sure I didn't have the wrong contract. And it's even, it's even bigger than we thought. It's a five year, $177.5 million deal. <laughs> so even, even bigger than we thought. So let's correct that and put that on the record. It's a $177.5 million deal, five year deal for Chris Middleton. Yeah. Again, we forty two. I I thought that was too high. I I laughed at that. <laughs> Jesus yep. Christ! Well, we go from the top of the East. We're gonna go down to the bottom. So let's talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. And how are we feeling about the Cavs roster? And and I can put in my two cents first. But Kevin Love and and who else still plays for the Cavs? That's kind of my analysis for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they are Smith trying to go out the door. Um, you have Tristan Thompson, Matthew Delladova. It kind of sounds like. LeBron's ex-girlfriend, really. <laughs> LeBron's ex-girlfriend. All right, I like that. The only positive thing is we'll see what this Darius Gowan kid is. Not only these injuries, it wasn't just half the season last year. That contract they gave him looks like a waste of money, and I've always been a Kevin Love fan. Yeah, I think it's another team where you say, is Kevin Love finishing with the Cavs this year? Is he going to be on this team at the end of the year? Or is he going to be injured again, um, trying to preserve himself? Is Tristan Thompson on this team again at the end of the year? Um, You have a lot of players on here that are just kind of roster fillers. Jordan Clarkson's kind of fallen from grace a bit. Matthew Deladova has as well. Definitely Brandon Knight. So a lot of unproven talent. The only plus side I also see is Colin Sexton. Will Colin Sexton take that next step, continue to develop, maybe him and Tristan um, start developing together since they'll have more on-court time. They have the preseason together. That's the only real plus side. Um, And, of course, Darius Garland and Kevin Porter Jr. are there as well. 
Now I want to wrap up the yeah. 30 by five segment and, and really focus on another Texas team. And that's the San Antonio Spurs. And I, I of course, I'm going to leave you to go first on that as I have my take on the Spurs, but what, what do you believe about this Spurs roster and, and what do you think their direction is as a team? They're going for it. It's Marcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. They got stars there. Greg Popovich is always going to go for it. He wants, he's always going to try to win. He's one of the best coaches James ever seen. They're going to make a playoff run. I don't know how far. That's going to be hard to say because the West, as always, is just extremely loaded. So it's, it's really hard to say how far in the playoffs they would finish. But you never know. You never know with a guy like Pop. Yeah, as long as Pop is there, I, I think the Spurs are just going to continue trying to win. Um, I think that this this roster is very good. Um, they bring in Damari Carroll. They bring back Rudy Gay. They bring in Trey Lyles. as well. Dexter as well. You have DeJounte Murray that's going to play a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Poldle, who's going to be who's going to have another year developing. I'll tell you what, I went to the most Spurs games I ever have before last season. And um, to see that team developing, you can tell that Pop is trying to work that system with this group. Um, I have question marks around the word you use, stars. I don't know if the ceiling for LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan is high enough to carry a team like the Spurs to the Western Conference Finals. DeMar does not shoot the three. He, has not, he did not have a good year last year. LaMarcus also did not have a good year last year. They were great um, for stat-wise, but when it came to clutch time and crunch time, they were not effective for the Spurs. And it, and it just goes back to the thought, are, do we have two very good players, two stars, or do we have two all-stars on the San Antonio Spurs? And, and when I say we, I'm talking about all San Antonio Spurs fans asking themselves that question as you enter this season. And does DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge stay on this team throughout the season? And, and I think a lot of people have those questions too. Um, do you see LaMarcus Aldridge as an all-star power forward top five in the league right now? Not at the moment, but right outside of the top five, I'd say. At least, if not, at five. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I, I have them right there. I think I have them around five or six. I could name I could name four at least four more power forwards are like better than Lamarcus Eldridge. DeMar DeRozan, I don't know if he stays in San Antonio, but we might address that a little bit later. Um, but the Spurs, if if they are gonna go for it this year, I think the Spurs are a playoff team. Um, my current power rankings, I have them right outside the top eight. So I don't have a lot of spur love, but um a lot of question marks around my eight and seven teams. So if the Spurs do make a run, I think they will be on the bottom tier of playoff teams, but a first round or second round exit for sure. Oh. All right. All right. So as we move to round three, want to remind everyone traveling to the Alamo city during the beautiful fall and winter seasons, keep SATX rated handy for the latest information on new events, restaurants, and giveaways so that you and your family or loved ones can enjoy the city with the hottest scenes. You can follow at SATX rated on any social platform where they constantly do giveaways like being front row or sitting behind home plate at the San Antonio Missions game or courtside seats at the San Antonio Spurs game. 
Follow SATX Rated today. Coming back into round two, we're going to be talking about Carmelo Anthony. Can't get Carmelo Anthony out of my head. Can't get Carmelo Anthony out of the NBA world's news. So if Melo were to make a signing, <laughs> if Melo were to make a signing today, already featuring Summer Ball Melo and around the around the NBA world, saying that he can play for any team and contribute now, if he were to sign with a team today, this team would get instantly better. What team would that be? I've, I've thought about this one. I've discussed it with my buddies at Coffee Break and the construction site. I, I can't really think of anyone unless Melo is willing to accept being a role player and just fill in, fill in that role for a team that's going for it. Because I, I love I love Tom Melo Anthony. As Prime Melo is one of the most amazing scorers that will ever be in the game of basketball. And but he doesn't have that ability anymore. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with you. I do have a team, though, in mind. You're not going to guess who it is. I'm going to tell you right now, it's the Toronto Raptors. All right? Here's why. The Raptors have Kyle Lowry, yes. Is he 100%? No. But if the Raptors' season really starts to go downhill, like I am predicting, they really just start off very rough. There might be a mellow phone call coming from that front office saying, we need a star, a stud, somebody to take the ball, shoot it 25 times, make it seven, but half 35 points. And that's mellow. And I think with Pascal there, he can yeah. learn a little bit from mellow. He can take over the game for the Raptors at times. I think he still has a little bit left in the tank. Um, but. Or can still shoot the ball. That's. Definitely no doubt about that. You got a shot like that. I don't think you lose it. Absolutely. And and um, if he makes some more headway, he's already had familiarity up there. I think Mello in Toronto has an outside chance of happening. If there was a bet in Vegas and it was twenty five to one, I'd put some money on it. But that's my that's my prediction that Mello ends up in Toronto if Toronto does start the season poorly. But let's talk about another what if moment let's say chris paul goes to miami in a mid-season trade and you have chris paul and jimmy butler out in miami does Melo make that team better if he were to sign in miami that would be interesting i he might he could if chris paul went over to miami mm-hmm. chris paul jimmy butler and Carmelo anthony mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that, that might make that team a little bit better. That's, that's a good little what-if scenario. Yeah, I think that would bump Miami up a little bit. I think that does move the needle for Miami. If they were to acquire Carmelo, I think that boosts up their chemistry. I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Let the CP3 Melo experiment try Jimmy Butler instead of James Harden and see if it works in Miami. I think I think that would so be an wanna, interesting scenario. Yeah, yeah, it's a good scenario. I want to ask you, did you see these Royce White comments about LeBron, uh, Melo, Jared Dudley? I did. I did about uh, Jared Dudley not being able to hold Melo's jockstrap. Yeah, and Le- LeBron <laughs> acting like the face and the voice of the play is going to do something for his banana belt, belt brother. Like, that is pretty funny. I can actually agree with that, to be honest with you. 
Right. And you have to, you have to ask, why wouldn't LeBron want to give Melo a minimum contract? Or I know he's not the GM, but why not advocate for Melo to go to the Lakers? And, and of course we don't know if he has or not, but um, you know, to bring him over uh, again, fits the criteria, right? Mental case yeah. of a bit, but yeah. strong talent and high ceiling. So he would fit the locker room. Exactly. And now are we sure that LeBron's not the GM? <laughs> yeah, I just can't officially call him the GM, but he, he probably is calling the shots. He puts on some glasses, yells Taco Tuesday, and signs a player. <laughs> Taco Tuesday! <laughs> yeah, so lots of lots of mellow news circulating in the back ends, back ends of offices, as well as some rumors from analysts. We'll see if Melo signs. He may end up just writing the season, watching the NBA, and somebody misses him. And next season, we're talking about him all over again. But with the summer comes Melo news, and so we had to talk about him. Before we start round two on the Sport Genes Into the Lap podcast, we'd like to remind any listeners that if you play basketball and you are from the ages of 8 to 18 in the Rio Grande Valley, check out Triple Double Basketball Academy, one of the premier programs in Texas located at the center of the RGV in Harlingen, Texas. Find your young basketball pros practicing ball handling techniques, proper shooting forms, learning strength and conditioning techniques, and gain unmatchable experience with elite state tournament play. Follow on Facebook or visit www.tripledoublebasketballacademy.org. Triple Double Basketball Academy, where each basketball player grows no matter what. So round, th- round three is our home versus away segment. And this is geared to talk about if this player stayed on their team at home, they are fully optimized in their system. But if they went somewhere else, would they be better? So we'll start off the conversation because we talk about him so much. But Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal, terrific young athlete, perennial all-star in the East. And – he plays for the Washington Wizards. Now, the Washington Wizards have utilized him, especially with John Wall's injuries, and have designed a system for him. Do you think that Bradley Beal in Washington is the best place he should be, or is there an away team that if he played for them, he'd be so much better? I, the Washington is definitely not the best place for him. I, and I think he knows that, and I think that's why he didn't agree to that contract extension that they offered him. He knows that he's capable of getting that all-star money. He might look to get traded in the offseason, or he's going to look to leave there next year. The best best thing for Bradley Beal is to go and try to play for a contender, I think. And I think he could work better if he's with another elite scorer like him. That can take a little bit of the pressure off him, a little bit of the focus off him. So I agree as well. I think Bradley Beal needs to find a new home, strap on some new shoes with putting on a new uniform and he's playing somewhere, whether it's Miami or another Eastern Conference team. I think he should stay in the East. I think the West is way too crowded. I think people are just trying to stay on that West ship, um, but the East ship is definitely has tons of space. I, I think he could find another home in the East. Even Indiana comes to mind when I think of them having a, an elite shooter like, like Beal on their team. Oh, that would be a good little spot to do. 
uh, Danny Ainge has inquired about him a lot too with the Celtics. I don't think we'd have enough pieces that would want to move for Bradley Beal. We definitely wouldn't have enough money to sign him off cap. But personally, I'd love, love to have Bradley Beal come to walk. Right, you are, Steve. So next is LaMarcus Aldridge, home versus away. So does LaMarcus Aldridge with the Spurs optimize LaMarcus the best, or would he be better in another organization? I'll start this one and say I believe LaMarcus is probably best going back to his former team, the Portland Trailblazers. I think they're lacking in a shooting power forward, and I think that he belongs back in that system. I He was fully optimized there. He was intense. He was uh, at an all-star high. Um, and I think when he came to San Antonio with the pop edge with Tim Duncan, he, he fell in love with that Spurs philosophy. And I, I think it, it kind of ruined a couple years for LaMarcus, but that's my take on LaMarcus. I, I think I can actually second with that. Take. I, I like that. Uh, going back to the trailblazers. Awesome. That would awesome. be a good yeah, one. I just think that, that Lamarcus needs to be in a system that, that, that can feature him and his talents the best. And when he had that one-two punch with uh, Damian Lillard, it, it was it, it was fantastic. They gave fits to some of the most elite teams. And if, at Dame level now, what could that duo do if they had stayed together? I know the what-ifs are you know, around every organization, but that would have been explosive. Yeah, I think Dame took it to another level next year. You know, he really impressed me in the playoffs, too, uh, that game seven against the Nuggets, where he just kind of let CJ take over the game for him. He, you know, he just did did what was needed. Didn't have to go out there and score score all the points. Just did what was necessary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we'll do one last player as we're coming to the end of the segment. Devin Booker. Do you like him in a Suns uniform, or is there another team out there that's better for him? Ah. <sighs> There's probably someone better for him, but I don't hate him being on the Suns because I think him and DeAndre Ayton, uh, if Ayton turns into the player he has the potential to be, I think him and Ayton could turn into a pretty powerful, pretty powerful combination. Definitely, and I think Devin Booker playing for the Phoenix Suns, I think they are going to build that team and continue to build that team around him. They've had tons of players that that have come in and out. Seems like a revolving door there in Phoenix, and they're trying to get out of that basement. Um, it will strike gold. Keep pushing Devin Booker. I know it's frustrating. A lot of the greats go through teams that kind of stay towards the bottom and, and figure out their ways to get to the top. So as long as that superstar ability is there with Devin Booker, that team should be okay, and he should lead them. I like the system in Phoenix for him. I, yeah, did ha- I, did, I did have two other yeah. guys on, on the list, and I want to know your takes because I, you gave me some interesting facts on this before today's show, but Carl Anthony Towns. Now, I am on the fence with this one, but Carl Anthony Towns, um, I just want to bring up because I know you have that Boston take on it. So what do you believe about Carl Anthony Towns? I, well, Minnesota is not the place for him. And we can't afford it now. I don't know how we would pull it off. But Kyle Anthony Towns is going to play for the Boston Celtics before the end of his career. And I think probably before the end of his prime. He's been 
two of his mentors, Kevin Garnett and Al Horford. He has always spoken highly of the city of Boston and what he's heard from these two guys and the culture of winning and how that's, that's something that he'd like to be a part of during his career. I, I think Kyle Anthony Towns is going to play for the Boston Celtics someday. That just blows my mind. I had no idea there was a connection there. And you, you told me about his, his connection to the Boston elites there with, with the Celtics. And I, I was stunned. I was blown away. Because when I think Carl Anthony Towns, the only team I think of are the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't think of any other team. But when I ask you, Carl Anthony Towns, you say, well, yeah, Boston Celtics. So that blows my mind. Um, I think Carl Anthony Towns personally fits Minnesota. I think Andrew Wiggins is probably more out the door. They'll probably build around Carl Anthony Towns. He'll be a franchise player. He may make that that Garnett trip, right? Because because Garnett made the trip yeah. over to Boston um, and go to the latter part of his career, um, so a little after his prime. Um, but I think Carl Anthony Towns tried to bring that championship to many. I don't know if they give him away for anything, unless it was unless it was that Paul George four first round picks deal. I don't know. I don't know what else they would give him up for. Yeah, it'd be a crazy trade. And like I said. Right now, with with the Haywood contract and Kemba's contract and expecting a Tatum contract at some point, I'm personally not expecting a Jalen Brown payday. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they'd end up affording it. But did, did Danny Andrew just pull some magic straight at Danny? Now, the, the last person I, I, I wanted to highlight just in a small way, Miles Turner, very young player with Indiana. They are featuring him. Do you like Miles, Turner, Miles Turner's future in Indiana? Yeah, I do. I do, actually. I, him, him and Sabonis, I, I think Turner is 22 and Sabonis is 23. Mm-hmm. I might have those backwards. And a lot of pros only 29. They got a good little, they got a good little core three guys there, and him and Sabonis working together. They're right the same age. They could both turn and grow into something good together. Just can't pull the thunder and and not pay everybody. And and if Sabonis continues to grow and Turner continues to grow, and you have a Ladipo growing, and that core continues to grow, that in the end it seems could be good for a long time. And so. I think that Miles Turner is also in the right system. I, I don't pick the away. I picked the home court advantage on that one. And um, I love my UT there. So I, I think Miles Turner is going to be a terrific center in this league. Yeah, me too. I, he's good on D. We talked to Paul last week. He, he can play some good defense. And he's athletic. He's athletic on the run. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve – that completes a, the three-round segment for today. And, and I appreciate, again, you coming on and sharing all your wisdoms and insights when it comes to that East Coast bias. And um, thank you so much. Uh, did you want to say anything about your podcast? Um, we're hoping to record the first episode tomorrow with you, actually. Yeah, that's wonderful. I can't wait to be a part of it and, and join Slightly Biased. Um, but keep a lookout for future into the lab episodes and keep a lookout for slightly biased episodes coming soon and everybody have a great weekend. Yep. Happy weekend boys. You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the sports genes into the lab podcast. 
Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com or on the Anchor app. And follow The Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Overtime Heroics today.